All right, we are live. Hey guys, welcome back to Athlete Stories, bringing you the day one stories of your favorite athletes told by them. On today's episode, we have Ariel Lowen. Ariel, how are you today? I'm great. Thanks for having me. Yeah, thanks for jumping on. Um, before we get in, I got to give a quick shout out to the show's sponsors. Uh, first and foremost, X Endurance. This show is brought to you by X Endurance Sports Supplements. Um, I remember when I was talking with Jason, uh, one of the owners, and he mentioned the Extreme Endurance product increases his aerobic capacity. And I'm one of those people that have horrible aerobic capacity. So I legit uh, went online and bought it that day. And I can't say that it's the only thing that's contributed to my increase in aerobic capacity, but I would honestly say that it's helped me a ton. So check out X Endurance Sports Supplements. Their link is in the show notes. Uh, this show is also brought to you by Wadproof app. Wadproof app, again, like Noah and I were talking about, one of the coolest things I think is that you can record your workouts, take a video, you can monitor your form, all those things, but you can also listen to music at the same time. And uh, not too long ago, Wadproof allowed uh, a feature where you can actually connect it to any C2 device so you can monitor your um, calories or your intervals on the bike, the C2 rower, things like that. So check out the Wadproof app. There's discounts to both in the show notes. Let's get back to the show. All right. Hey, how are you? I'm good. I'm good. Just a few more days till Christmas. So how could you not be I good? Know. What about you? Uh, I'm doing great. I can't complain. I actually don't have a tree. Um, really? Yeah. It's, it, I'm in a unique situation. I, I might have mentioned this in the past, but um, I sold my place oh, yeah. in March and went on this road trip. And I actually haven't gotten a place yet. Uh, I'm like renting out a place from a buddy of mine, but I'm not, you know, it's just not like I'm, I'm not like ready for a Christmas tree. It's not my place, you no, know, so not that type of commitment. <laughs> yeah. And my dog's not going to be upset if I didn't get a tree and that's pretty much right. uh, the household here, but you are, um, this is, no, this is your second Christmas with Blakely, right? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Second Christmas. And it's funny because the week after Rogue, I kind of took a week off of like training hard and all that. So I had all this free time in October. So I was like, you know what? Might as well put up my Christmas tree. So it's been up for a minute now. <laughs> Are you normally a Christmas tree before Thanksgiving person? No, usually I wait till after, but this year was very different. <laughs> Got it. I mean, when we were kids, uh, my dad is such a cheapskate. Um, we would literally wait until like three or four days before Christmas because at that point the trees are like 20, you know, oh, 70, no. 75% off, you know, like you can go to the tree lot and there's like two left and you know what I mean? Like, right. um, Charlie so Brown we'd go like a couple of days before I'm like, why are we even doing this? Like it's, it's only a couple of days out. Um, but Hey Ariel, That's let's, uh, enough about me. Let's talk about you. Um, if you were to uh, sum up your life story in like two to three minutes, what would that story sound like? Okay. Well, I was born in Columbus. And then from there, my parents were military. So we moved all over the place. I went to high school in Nebraska, a little bit of high school in Midland. Um, in Midland, I found CrossFit, went to Abilene to finish up college stayed there for college and then came back, married my husband, had my kid, and then found CrossFit. And now I'm just riding this CrossFit train as long as I can. I feel you. Uh, that's awesome. 
um, what military? What you said, your parents? Is it both parents? Is it your dad, your mom? It was my mom was in the reserves and my dad was in the Air Force, but he was okay. a physical therapist. So he never actually got deployed, which was nice. He just worked on the Air Force base as their physical therapist. Okay. That's a unique situation. Um, yeah. What is your... Well, and growing up, I was a, a gymnast as well. So how perfect is it to be a gymnast and have a physical therapist as a father? That's saved me thousands. <laughs> yeah, I can only imagine. And mm -hmm. just like the, the expertise. <laughs> um, were you ever... Did you ever think of joining the military? Was that something that you were kind of raised around or was it, how did, how did that work? Uh, no, no, I never really thought of it. I'll be honest. Um, <laughs> it was never nice, but, your mom. <laughs> no, just because every three years we'd pick up and move and I hated every year. Like I'd make all these great friends and then in three years we'd move and have to make new ones. So yeah. I didn't really want that life for myself or for my kiddos, but now looking back, it was fun because we've lived in all these places and I've got to meet like friends all over the world. Yeah. Or the US. What was I your favorite? What was yeah, what was your favorite place to live growing up out of all the places? We I really enjoyed Nebraska. We lived in Nebraska for a little bit. And it was just fun because it's so different from Texas as far as like there's actually seasons. We get snow and I actually met a lot of a lot of good friends there. So it was, it was hard to leave when it was time. I drove through Nebraska on my road trip um, from basically like from California to the, uh, Madison for the games. And um, I stayed in Omaha and okay. it was yeah. probably the most boring place I had ever been. Was I in the wrong part of Omaha? Like I wouldn't uh, say there's a ton to do. But I was in high school when I was there. So, you know, high schoolers can find anything to do. Yeah, true. But um, as far as, like, if I were to go there as an adult, I wouldn't say I would even know what to do. Yeah, no, it was, I mean, there was a skate park, I think. And, and, that <laughs> and was, that's it. <laughs> yeah, it was literally it. Um, and I right. kicked some baseball championship thing. Yeah, um, the World Series. What is your earliest childhood memory? Mm. I have a memory of I got my tonsils removed because um, I I was a horrible snorer. My mom said when I was little, it sounded like I was like a bear. I would snore so bad, <laughs> so I got my tonsils removed. <laughs> Since has changed a lot, thank goodness. But um, I guess we went to we were in the military, so we went to some base to get my tonsils removed. And I remember on the ride back just crying because my dad took me. My mom was at home with my other siblings. And I remember driving and just crying like, my mom, I want my mom. <laughs> so that is my earliest memory, crying for my mom. <laughs> How old were you? I think I was about four, four or five. Okay. I've, um, I've thought about getting my tonsils taken out, but, and this probably sounds so stupid, but um, because of the potential, like, uh, I mentioned I have a, a subpar aerobic capacity, but like getting, <laughs> I, I think there's a hack there. Do, would you agree? Like, yeah. I removed. mean, I got them removed and I made it to the games. <clears throat> so there might be a correlation. <laughs> yeah. And, and you're, you're, you're good on some of those longer workouts, but uh, right. so I've, I've actually, you know, cause like 
I am not a natural athlete. Um, despite what it may look like, I, uh, I can build muscle pretty easily, but performance wise, it's a totally different. Uh, game. So I'm always like, what else could I do? You know, so like, <laughs> I've, I've been at the doctor like, Hey, step. check these out for me. Like, should I get these removed? You know, like, is, is there a chance that they're affecting oh, my breathing? Funny. So when I'm like doing Man. a triathlon or something, I'm like, I wonder if this would be easier if I didn't have my tonsils. So if your tonsils were gone, I might have to revisit that. Um, what, uh, going back to your childhood, do you remember, like, what's your proudest moment as a kid? Do you, uh, or even a young adult, do you, do you have any recollection of that? Like your, your greatest childhood accomplishment? My greatest childhood accomplishment, Brad. Uh, we were homeschooled growing up, so we didn't do a ton of what you'd expect, but I did a lot of gymnastics. Being homeschooled, it let, let me have a lot of time for that. So I'd say a lot of my childhood accomplishments came from trying a new skill and succeeding at it. Cause I really did enjoy gymnastics and I felt like I was like a little bit better than some at it. Like I picked up a little easier. So I would just say doing gymnastics and like trying new skills and accomplishing them and just having like a little bit of fearlessness. Definitely. Were you helped. good at gymnastics? Like right off the bat? Yeah, um, I, that sounded bad, but my parents said ever since I was little, like I would just do flips and cartwheels in this and the living room handstands on the thing, just being fearless. So once they put me in it and someone like channeled my energy and coached me, I really do feel like I, I love gymnastics and it was fun yeah. that like my body and something I love was like in line, but I yeah, went, I made it to level nine, which it's one through 10 after 10 is basically like you go to the Olympics or you just go to college for it. So I made it to level nine. So I, I did well for myself, but it got yeah. to a point where I, I hit 16 and it was just like my brain shifted and I was like, Oh, I'm scared to do a flip on a beam. I'm scared to twist my ankle. And after that, all the fun kind of just went out of it. Yeah. And now you sort of do that for a living in a way. Yeah, exactly. But... <laughs> now I get paid to handstand walk. <laughs> Yeah, well, at least there's a you're getting paid for it. Um, right. and you did pretty, you did pretty well in that event at the games. You got like sixth or seventh, right? In the handstand, yeah. Obstacle that course. event was really fun, mm -hmm. but that was what yeah. I went into. This is a funny story, actually. I went into it like I wore my Reebok nanos, expecting like I want to win this event, I'm gonna like speak it into existence, whatever. And while I'm handstand walking, I hear the announcers being like, Oh my gosh, she's flying, look at how fast she's going. And I'm thinking she's talking about me, but they're talking about <laughs> Daniel Brandon right next to me. So that was a little like reality check, like, hey, you're good at handstand walking, but you're not the best. <laughs> well, I love the confidence though, you know, it's like, it's good to go into it with that confidence. And I think there's, uh, obviously there's a spiritual element to speaking into existence, but there's a, um, right. I would say like a worldly element to that as well. And we can, right. we can get into that, which is a rabbit hole, but um. Are you saying you were next to Daniel Brandon? Oh, yeah. I was right next. I think I might have been a lane over because of the whole COVID thing. But Oh, I, yeah, yeah, yeah. I expected it to be me. But it, yeah, and it wasn't me. So it was humbling. But also, it's like at the games, these events just get sprung on you. It's like you got to take your little confidence and where yeah. you can get it in the events. And that, that was still a really good event for you. I mean, it certainly helped with your averages. Um what do you yeah. think about Daniel's time on that? Like, that's like freakish, oh, right? Oh, it's just insane. 
yeah and it's like I always thought I was good at handstand walks and of course when I go to comps I feel like I'm comparable but it's just like supernatural how much faster she was than all of us yeah I don't so know that's, that's hard to explain or even like fathom. it is um, right. I don't know that I could have like I don't know that I could have uh gone faster on my feet honestly with those obstacles right like, <laughs> um uh so right. so Gym, gymnast level nine, you, you stopped at 16. I can kind of empathize with that. I uh, was a competitive skateboarder, yeah. which is like, you know, most people don't know okay. what competitive skateboarder really means. So but, did you love uh, Ryan Sheckler growing up? Oh, yeah. Well, he was my age, too. So, um, so oh, yeah. We, okay. Yeah. Um, we, uh, funny story. I wonder how much of this story I can really tell. But we were the same age. And so as we got older, like he continued to be this extremely popular um, professional skateboarder because he was like, um, like I was uh, am what we call like an amateur skateboarder. Like I would win prize money at competitions, but I wasn't sponsored. Like he was sponsored by DC and oh, cool. clearly very famous, very good. Right. So he was pro, like clear pro. And um, anyways, when we skated competitions, for example, like we'll compare it to CrossFit, he would be uh, elite. Like we'll say like, um, like, uh, Wadapalooza elite. And I would be like, RX, mm -hmm. you know what I mean? Um, okay. so still, right there. still pretty good, but he was like, clearly just this, uh, next level skateboarder. Anyways, when we were like 21 or 22, cause he stayed in the Tampa area, we would go to these clubs and like Ebor and stuff. It was a different stage in my life. And, um, we would party together. Uh, long story short. Um, <laughs> Let me preface, we, not all the time, we, we ran into each other at the club twice, just, just to be, but yeah, so it was just funny. It was funny because, um, both totally in a different element, in a different stage of our lives. Sorry, she got a boo-boo. So you partied with him? Yeah, a couple times, but we'll uh, we'll reel it in because that was just really funny. Um, just funny. That's funny. Well, he was like the um, <laughs> say hey. He was like the crush of all the girls growing yeah. up. I feel like my age. Yeah, he really he really was, and so. But anyways, yeah, 16, 17, it was kind of like, all right, I've had like six concussions, a bunch of broken bones. Oh, goodness. I'm, I'm not like a professional. I don't have like a bunch of fans in stardom. I was like, I need to get a job and uh, buy a car and like take my girlfriend to dinner. And like, so I just had to quit skateboarding. It was, it sucked. Um, Man, I got suck. Here we are. Um, <laughs> um, what, uh, What's what's the most trouble you've ever been in growing up? Did, were you were you a problem child or were you like a saint? What was that like for you? I don't know if I want to reveal everything, but I was definitely so growing up homeschooled. You can imagine we had like very strong values. We kind of grew up. I don't want to say sheltered, but I mean we were a little sheltered. And then going into high school, I went to the public school there, so it was like every bad friend I could meet at first I met and got into so much trouble with. And then after that, um, of course, I found the like the good crew in high school and hung out with them, but oh my goodness. MIP, um, reckless child, like all of this crazy stuff, just getting in trouble like with the law, which of course now 
um, it's just rebelling and like, oh, if they're drinking, yeah. I'm drinking. Oh, if they're going to do this, I'm going to do this because I just want to break free. So if you yeah. ask my family, I was definitely the the black sheep, the rebel, but um, I've since grown out of it. <laughs> Clearly. You you said you had siblings. What uh, brothers, sisters? Sorry, what, say uh, that again. What siblings do you have? I have an older sister and then a younger brother. And the older sister actually comes to the gym I go to and we work out almost, I say like Monday, Wednesday, Friday, we work out together at the gym, which is a lot of fun. Yeah, that's cool. So you're a middle child. Mm -hmm. Typically middle child middle is child. The, the trouble Typical one Typical anyway. middle child. Yeah, exactly. Do you plan on having more? I think eventually we, so little Blakely was a surprise for those who don't know my full, full story. She, uh, I was pregnant at regionals 2018 and I didn't know it until literally like the Sunday, the last day competing. I was like, man, I just feel really weird. Something's off. So I found out I was pregnant and then I kind of put my CrossFit dreams aside. Me and my husband got married, started building our house. And then of course we have Blakely. So I think we definitely want another one, but this CrossFit is going on the up train right now so we're gonna ride that train as long as possible and then once it derails or comes to a stop we'll probably go from there <laughs> yeah i don't know if derail is the best word but uh... <laughs> you never know with crossfit i hope not but yeah so what was so your... eventually yeah and i i imagine like as a professional female athlete that's a little complicated right like um it's, it's not the traditional, you know, cause your, your body is a vessel for your, for your career. You're not right. an accountant, you know, or a teacher, you know, where like you can right. simultaneously do both. Um, exactly. So you have to be far more intentional. So I imagine that's uh, just a little bit more strategy involved, I guess. It is. And some people get it. And then some people just don't. And they'll be like, what are you talking about? And I'm like, you don't understand CrossFit and like, to make it to the games like that's every athlete's dream you don't just be like hey okay i'm gonna i don't want to say give it all up but it is a sacrifice and being a mom you've got to make sacrifices for your kid and now you've got to make one for yourself yeah 100 percent. and again it is your career too so it's it's not like you're just selfishly right. um doing it entirely what uh what was your favorite topic in school or subject favorite subject yeah, I don't know if I had like a favorite favorite. I just really liked writing papers, which is probably why I went on to get my master's degree because that's just all papers. I enjoy like you give me a deadline, you give me a topic. And I was the nerd that would get it done like two weeks early just to get it done and submit it and be done with it. So I just enjoyed like dead, it sounds so bad, but like deadlines, writing papers submitting it and then like checking it off my list and moving on to the next task yeah and you've you've got your mba what inspired you to get your mba yeah i got my mba from hardin simmons in 2018 so 2018 was like a crazy year for me because i had regionals i found out i was pregnant and then i graduated with my mba so it was kind of like okay all of these three things were like okay crossfit's kind of over you're pregnant, you're done with school. Now you got to transition into the real world. What is that going to look like? What, what inspired, why, why did you want to get your MBA? Sorry, you broke up a little bit. Can you say that again? 
Yeah, yeah. Why did you want to get your MBA? Like, what made you want to pursue that? I think number one, my my father worked at the school I went to, so he helped me out a lot tuition wise because he was an employee there. So it kind of took the money out of it. Number two, I didn't want to like grow up yet, if that makes sense. And I honestly love deadlines. I love writing papers. So there was no immediate rush to like jump into the real world of you work eight to five, you sit behind the desk. This is your life Monday, Wednesday, Friday, or like Monday through Friday. I wanted the freedom of, okay, it's Christmas break. I get three weeks break instead of you get Christmas and Christmas day and then come back to work. Yeah. So just wanting to Peter Pan and be a kid a little bit longer. I've got a handful of Peter Pan friends uh, from that are st- oh, yeah. still, still in that world. Um, but that's what then- I tell people. So of course in 2018, I, I got pregnant. Um, me and my husband got married from there. If I hadn't got pregnant, I bet you I would have lived at home with my parents just because I love my parents. I probably would have still been at home. Just like, of course, working, but just like staying in that happy, never grow up Peter Pan bubble. So it, all of this happened for goods. You know what I mean? Yeah, absolutely. Kind of uh, forced some change. You, um, yeah, exactly. You mentioned that you you know, you did gymnastics up to level nine. Did you play any other sports? Yeah. So after level nine, I was, I think like 15 or 16. So I was in high school and I transitioned over to cheer, which was perfect because cheerleaders, you need to be strong. You need to do flips. So as a cheerleader, I did a little bit of powerlifting and then I ran track. So it's like the perfect trifecta of CrossFit flipping running track and powerlifting. So it just kind of all led up perfect. And I actually ran the four by four and the 300 meter hurdles. Okay. The, um, what did you think about this year's 550 meter sprint? It was awesome. I just didn't push it hard enough in the beginning to make it a really good event for me, but I really did enjoy that event. Do you remember, uh, what you placed in that event? Oh man, I think I was somewhere from like 15 to 20, not in the top half, but not in the bottom half. I did the first day, that was the first day of the games. That whole first day was just like, I'm here. Okay, do I, do I push it hard? Do I relax? I'm here next to these crazy athletes. So the first day, I wish I could go back and just like run my race and go crazy of what I could do. But I was just too much in my head. I mean, you still did well, but, uh, but yeah, I can see that maybe being a little overwhelmed by the um, first time and all the shiny lights and cameras and all the things. Exactly. Uh, How did you get into CrossFit? I mean, what, like, do you remember the day someone invited you or that you were like Google gym near me and found a, like, how did that happen? So I coached, I was a cheerleader in high school that I coached cheer all throughout high school at like a local gymnastics or a local cheer place here in town in Midland. And my boss to a place called CrossFit Midland here in Midland. And we would do CrossFit-ish workouts together. So we would do like an EMOM and we'd do a tumble pass and then 10 handstand pushups. And then we'd do like cheer stunts. So we would like secretly work in these CrossFit workouts that were cheer-based. And eventually he's like, you know what? You're really good at this come to the gym with me. So I went to CrossFit Midland with him and of course loved it. But as a high schooler, you can't afford a, what, 150 month payment when 
or even just out of high school. So yeah. I was told like, hey, it's not for me. I love it, but I can't afford it. So he actually worked out a deal with a gym here in town and I would clean the floors, clean the sweat towels, just in exchange for a membership. So if he wouldn't have put the little bug in my ear to like, hey, come try CrossFit. And if they wouldn't have been like, hey, here you work here or like help us out and we'll help you out. I would have probably gotten into CrossFit, but a lot later in life when I like could actually afford it. So they taught me like what a snatch is, what a clean and jerk is, what a toast. Like they taught me everything foundational wise. That's super um, humble, I would say, or humbling to be like, hey, if you clean the floors, we'll let you work out. I think <coughs> um, that would be maybe normal for like some it's like a rocky story you know what i mean like yeah exactly broke dude but it's a little different for a girl to come in and clean the gym um not to say that women can't clean the gym but i imagine like you're a cheerleader and you had other things to do so what do you think um do you think it's your upbringing that led to that level of humility to be like i'll clean the floor to let you to work out here you know what i mean do you know what i'm saying i think that yeah and i think it's just I mean, you, you can't act like you deserve anything in life. And I go back to like, even you look at Jesus, the least among you will be the greatest. It's like, don't ever act like you're too good to clean the floor. You're too good to do this. So just to like get that opportunity to clean the floor, to get this, what I saw is like, this gym membership is amazing. So I would have done anything to get it. Okay. Were you raised a Christian? Mm-hmm. Yeah, we grew up um, always in the church. Um, Awanas, we were there Sunday night, Wednesday night. So yeah, we grew up pretty religious, but it wasn't okay. until like 2015, 2018 that I really like came to my own. Like, this is what I believe. This is why I believe it. It's not just because of how I was raised, what my parents told me. And I feel like that's a defining moment in everyone's life. I'm sure you have a story like that too. Yeah. Well, so you, you were raised Christian, but, um, around like post-college, year like you said 2015 to 2018 do you remember what happened was there something that happened where you were like I need to make this decision for myself or yeah there were like two specific instances one was in 2015 I had actually gone off to Texas Tech and went to school there for a semester and like oh it it was awful I was lonely and me and my husband Dylan had broken up at the time so it was like an identity crisis and I moved back home to Abilene with my parents and just that whole situation shaped me of like okay, I thought my security was in this person, but it's not. Now I'm back at home. Where is my security? And then, of course, in 2018, when I found out I was pregnant, it was, wait, like, Christians aren't supposed to get pregnant before they're married. Like, am I a hypocrite? And then just, like, shaping that of, like, no, I'm still worthy. You're not unforgivable for doing stuff like that. So just having like life shake you up and realize like, okay, what is your foundation really in has like shaped yeah. my faith. I, um, I love that. And thanks for sharing. You with us or was that it? <laughs> Alex. We may have lost her for we a second. Don't leave me by myself in this chat. Oh, here I'm going to add her back. Okay. There she is. Hey, she's back. Um, I thought you were like, that's my story and I'm out. You know? <laughs> Did she hear us? I don't know. I guess not. I'll, I'll repeat the joke. Yeah, over and over. Ariel, can you hear, can you hear us? All right. Well, at least we can oh. see her. We know yeah. that she's 
she can sign language the rest of there the we go. all right cool. hey so we we live in texas and of course you'd assume we're out in the country <laughs> so our wi-fi is so spotty <laughs> understandable no worries. but it's it. better that your right. wi-fi is spotty than mine because i'm the host and i'll yeah no it's it's all me we literally our address is county road yeah so no i i won't give you the first part but we live on a county I, road um, have your yeah um anyways the uh so your story your your faith journey of course um i have a story i wouldn't say similar uh but similar in in that i went from being a believer to being like a follower you know um have you you know about rich's story like how he uh competed at the games and got second place and uh are you familiar with that story So, um, well, I'll let you, it's on one of many rich froning documentaries, but, um, I wouldn't say similar cause he didn't like get pregnant, but it was more or less like he was a believer. And then, uh, he was, you know, very, I guess, idolizing CrossFit as like his thing and oh, then he yeah, didn't yeah. win the games and he had to sort of like recheck what was important to him. It's a great story. Um, I'm not going to tell his story from, yeah, but yeah. like I said, there's multiple rich running documentaries you can listen to it on. Um, do you remember what your first CrossFit workout was? I do. Um, so there were, I would say two of them. The first one I ever did was when I was still, this is was Charles. We would do once in the cheer gym. And the first one he put me through in the cheerleading gym that I worked at was the it was an open workout, the seven minutes of burpees. So I did that one first for my first, like, in the CrossFit facility gym. I know. But I think when I did it, I got, like, 90 sub burpees because it's just like you turn your mind off and go. Yeah. So once I did that, he was like, what the heck? You need to get in the gym now. Yeah. <laughs> but the first one I actually did at CrossFit Midland was, I want to say it was, 10 to 1 and then 1 to 10. So like you do 10 ring dips and then 10 dumbbell rows. Then you do 9, 9, 8, 8. Just, I don't want to say simple, but I'd never done anything like that before. So I was just so sore the next day. And it was like I was hooked from the beginning. What is your, that's quite a pump. That's like an upper body pump session. Uh, ring dips and dumbbell rows sorry i said that again you cut out a little bit uh, i said that's like a pump session like an upper body pump um can you hear me yeah no i can okay do i you want me to repeat myself yeah if you don't mind i'm sorry okay no no no. I, it's not even important i just said that's like a that's an upper body pump session like the ring dips and the dumbbell rows it's like a, a bodybuilding day. Oh, Are you? It's not working. It's fine. Do you want to go to a different spot in the house or anything like that? Let me try that. Let's see. Is this any better? Uh, I can hear you. 
Okay, perfect. Let me see if there's a plug over here. Okay, let's try from here. We'll go from here. Do it. Can you hear me though? I think that's the main thing. Yes, I okay, can. Cool. Um, well, what were we saying? Oh, ring dips and dumbbell rows. What's your favorite CrossFit yeah. hero workout? Or like, um, maybe not even hero, but uh, like a, a traditional, mm. I forget what we call them, like a named workout. Traditional. Mm. I don't know if I particularly have a favorite. It'd probably be one with running in it. So I like actually do enjoy the Murph. Okay. Because it's just like, like a long grinder and you just move. Any hour workout I would love. But like the short little DTs aren't my favorite. You said they're not or they are your favorite? The short ones are not my favorite. Um, you, did you watch the Dubai CrossFit Championship? You, did you watch the Dubai CrossFit? I watched some of it. Not all of it, but just a few of the events. There were some sprint style events very quick. What did you think about those? I know. I would have liked to try them just to see how I stack up. Of course, in my weakness, but it looked like fun. I actually was semi hoping to get invited because my mother-in-law actually lives in Dubai. So if I got invited, it would have been like a free place to stay and I get to see the in-laws. But it didn't happen, of course. Why do you think you didn't get invited? I, you know, they invited. Well, they they do try to make it a good. I'm not going to answer the question for you. Go ahead. Why do you think you didn't get invited? I want. I'm assuming they want more of like a spectacle. So they're going to invite the people that are a little bit more well-known and maybe have a little bit more followers is what I assumed. But I don't know their selection process. Yeah, me neither. There could be a little bit of that. But I, I, think, I think there's for sure a little bit of that because when you put on any event, it kind of makes sense. But also it's a very international, right. you know, like they invited a lot of people from, uh, you know, Europe and, and like True. The, those areas. So, you know, because there was certainly a handful of women that aren't as well known as you, um, but they're, yeah. they're just from surrounding countries and stuff like that. So maybe a little bit of both. Um, mm -hmm. The the American women. I mean, it was you got uh, Emma Carey. You got, All right. Uh, Is that the only American? Emma Lawson. Yeah, Emma right? Lawson. Where is she? Um, well, she's not a she's not American. She's like in the U.S. She's, she's not in American? the UK, I think. Um, her, oh. her, she's Canadian. I mean, Canadian. A, thank yeah, you, Alex. Yeah, no worries. Um, I just know. Yeah, I know she's not. Canadian. There we go. An American. Yeah, there yeah. was. Yeah, Alex. Do you know? Uh, was there any other American athlete? I don't. Besides Emma Carey? I don't think so. Um, because obviously, like you know, Briggs is is from the UK, even though she's she lives in Ohio. Um, right. I think it was, and then Emma Carey yeah, would, yeah, Emma Carey had to withdraw, I think, too, after the sandbag event because of her low back. Yeah, I know, that looked brutal. That. Which was fun because my in-laws there are giving me live <laughs> updates, so oh, yeah, that, they told me everything that happened before it actually was yeah, posted. Officially. That was the hardest part about following four, yeah, four in the morning and <laughs> the events. Yeah. It's right? crazy. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm still catching up. No what did you think, uh, Ariel? What are your thoughts? <laughs> See you, Alex. Um, what are your thoughts on Ricky's comeback? I thought it was cool. I actually, Betty Gerard, we've messaged a few times on Instagram. 
So like I'm team Ricky, of course, and I, I was hoping he'd win, but the podium still yeah. is awesome. Yeah, it is really cool. Um, so you like a good mm-hmm. comeback. And he's like the, he's like the bad guy of CrossFit. So yeah, whatever he did, we're going to talk about regardless. Yeah. I mean, it's a story. Um, and in any, like any good movie, any good right. book, there's a, there's a storyline, there's an arc, there's a villain, you know? Um, so, you know, CrossFit always needs a villain. I don't think it'll be him forever though, but so no i don't think so either what did you think about the minimum work requirement at dubai crossfit championship i i looked into it a little bit but i didn't see it on every event but i also so that looked surprising to me but also good because they're trying to find the fittest but i also reached out to emily rolf on instagram because i noticed they were all wearing t-shirts and pants the whole weekend and i was like why are you not allowed to take your shirt off? Could you not wear shorts? Like, what was Probably the a... standard? And I guess they were, yeah, they were very strict. And they said, you can't show your thighs or your shoulders. So they were forced to wear leggings and t-shirts. And she said, oh my goodness. She said it was so hot in there, but you can't do anything about it because you can't show your shoulders wow. or legs. So that just seemed like just a very different culture. Yeah, yeah that is interesting. Whereas here, it's like, wait, why do you have your shirt on on the competition yeah. floor? What's wrong with you? <laughs> yeah. It, um, I Anytime I go to, like, the traditional gym or Globo gym, it's like a, uh, I have to, like, stop myself from taking my shirt off now, you know? And that's, like, right. where I come from. You know, like, I've spent 10 years in the, in the regular gym before joining CrossFit. Okay. And so, like, when I go there now, I'm like, oh, no, I can't do that. You can't do it. Well, even like at our gym, I'd say it's, there's like two people who actually take their shirt off. It's definitely more common on the competition floor than like even in our CrossFit gym. Um, in ours, I mean, we're in Jack's Beach. It's hot and humid like the moment you start. Oh, yeah, you have to. So um, your career history, you've made it to regionals four years in a row. Uh, no, you didn't go 2015. What happened in 2015? I, man, no, I did go in 2015. I didn't, I started 2014 through 2018. Was it? I could be wrong. Yeah. I I didn't go in 2013 and I had like just got into CrossFit and I didn't, I didn't really know how to like do the open, if that makes sense. So you, but either way, you made it four or five times to regionals in a row. Didn't qualify for the game until mm-hmm. after you had Blakely. What do you think uh, changed? Like, right. what, like mom strength? Literally, is there a thing there, or like, is it was it your training regimen? Have you thought about this at all? Man, it's like a combination of like five different things. I feel like the first one being. Um, At the beginning of the year, sorry. The first one at the beginning of the year was just like, I really do feel like I had like my quiet time with the Lord and he told me, he gave me the word seek and from seek I will be fulfilled. So I really do feel like starting January 1st, I just like set myself up to like seek the Lord and he'll help me with everything I need. So that combination, and then um, it was last year in September, 
the owner of the gym that I go to now came to me and was like, hey, let's try and make a push for the game. So, like, he kind of put that in my head back in September 2019. And so we had just, like, made it our secret goal going into 2021. And I think just the combination of, like, somebody who believes in me, putting my mind right and, like, my spiritual side together. And then it all just kind of worked out. That sounds that that sounds like me mid any difficult workout. That's how that's me. Yeah. It won't work. Yeah. Sorry, no, this totally. is long life in action. Yeah. That's. Let me mute uh, it really. Quick. It was funny you, when um, Jerry when you guys were talking about the first workout you've ever done, like first CrossFit workout. My first CrossFit workout ever was Murph. And it was outside. That's a lot of people's story. I, my brother-in-law, um, my now brother-in-law at the time, I mean, he owns a CrossFit gym and I was rehabbing from shoulder surgery and he came to visit me at college. He's like, we're going to do this CrossFit workout called Murph. And so I'm outside running in like 12 degree weather. It was, it was bad. I'm doing like pull-ups, single pull-ups in a, in a college gym, like the college workout. People thought we look like idiots. Um, yeah, you probably yeah, for sure. So it was it was interesting, but that's when I fell in love with CrossFit. I don't. <laughs> okay, um, I don't remember my first one ever, but I do remember. I think it was 2019, maybe 2018, the Open doing the uh, 19 wall balls with 19 yes. cal row for like a 19 minute AMRAP or something yep. like that. That was a good one. Um, because I, you know, for six years uh, owned and operated a healthy meal prep company. And I personally um, trained in the Globo gym most of the time. You know, I used to bodybuild and, and all that stuff. But we would host events at CrossFit gyms all over. Um, and that's how I grew the company really is, is by partnering up with local gyms, which were mainly CrossFit gyms. And so I would do the open or like do one or two workouts from the open almost every year. And immediately afterwards be like, I'm never coming back here. Like, like I would cherry pick one that I'd be like, Oh, I can do those things. And then you do them as fast as possible for seven minutes or 12 minutes or something. And you're yeah. like, I don't belong here. At there all. was a, I used to be like 205 pounds back then too. So it's like, just didn't make that, sense. I think the worst open workout I ever did at, well, I mean, there was a lot of bad ones, but it was like a row thruster, like descending like 21 calorie row, 21 thrusters. And it just went down to like nine, I think that to date is one that I have PTSD from because thrusters with anything, but yeah, that was a brutal one. Makes me yeah. want to work out. Can't <laughs> right. wait to work out there. I don't know why that makes me want to work out, but it does. Um, so Ariel, you, you were saying you think it's five things that, so you said like someone believing in you, um what was it oh definitely um faith so like being aligned in line with god and just like following <clears throat> what he, he wants me to, to do <clears throat> excuse me sorry number two was just like having that coach that believes in me and is there in my corner just like pushing for me i guess it was like three or four things and then just like my security wasn't in CrossFit anymore. So showing up at the Granite Games, I knew like, hey, if I don't qualify, I go home. I still have my husband. I still have my daughter. We're building a house. We still have like great things. So I guess it was like the combination of three things of just like, this isn't my life. If I make it awesome, if I don't, yeah, I'm not going home absolutely defeated like I was in 2015, 2018. Yeah, you had already won before you got there.
I like that. Yeah, and I think that's what made the Granite game so fun. That's why I tell everybody was like, we were there to have fun and like do what God wants us to. If I do great, awesome. If I don't, there's no pressure. So backstage, like I was just smiling, hanging out with my husband, warming up, and then I'd go compete. Whereas like you would look around and it's like some people were like wearing headphones in the zone, freaking out. And I'm just like, I'm so glad that I'm just here to have fun and I'm not like in the zone, like, because then mentally for three days, it's exhausting yeah. and who knows what outcome you get. So it was just a really good experience. Yeah, I can imagine. What uh, what does Dylan do? What does your husband uh, do? He is a jack of all trades. He owns a garage door company and then he also builds houses on the side, but eventually he wants to make the house business his full-time business. So he's installing garage doors and he's built four houses. So he he's done well. Yeah. It's just houses take time, and especially with COVID, yeah, it's just slowed everything yeah, down. Yeah, the supply chain issues, the increasing costs of exactly. lumber. Yeah. Uh, and that's another great situation about where I am now because he works so hard and does well in his business. I get the opportunity to stay at home with my daughter, go to the gym for maybe three hours because I don't have to work full time. So I do have a little bit of flexibility which definitely helps and I did help this year. Yeah. That how did you guys meet? You and Dylan? We met in high school. So my junior year of high school, we met and then we were friends, we weren't friends and then eventually we went to prom together my senior year and then we just dated on and off ever since. It's adorable. I know. Well, that's what I tell people. I'm like, of course we've dated for like 8 years. I said God got tired of us just dating. So that's why we got pregnant. He's like, do something else. <laughs> Get married. <laughs> Sometimes you need a push. Um, exactly. The, we got a big push. The gym that you started working out at that you cleaned, is. are you still training at the same gym? Yeah. I'm actually not. Um, I, I. Whenever I came back, I just kind of chose like, okay, what's a community I want to be a part of? Um, and ultimately it just led me to a new strength CrossFit, which is where I'm at now. How long I, you been there? So I'm, well, I've been at renewed strength for about two years, two to three years. And I really do enjoy it. It's close to home. There's great people there and there's good programming. So that helps. Who is your favorite CrossFit athlete? My favorite CrossFit athlete. Mm. Did you have one before you? It depends if we're talking like legends or current. Because like legends, I really did, of course, enjoy Jason Kalipa, Josh Bridges, Camille LeBlanc, all of them. But like current, it's like a whole different field. (laughs) So yeah, Um, I guess who's your favorite person to compete with or against? To compete with? Um, I just think it's so cool to say that I get to compete with Tia. Not that we're on the same page by any means, but to me, she's going to be a legend in the sport. And so to look back and say, like, yeah, I was at that yeah. games on the floor with her and competed with her. To me, I just feel like it's amazing. Who's your uh, who's your least favorite person to compete oh. with? Oh, man. Um, I don't I don't think I want to disclose <laughs> that. <laughs> That's fair. It was but um, of, of course, you would know who it is, but I won't disclose that. But I will say... Um, Sam Briggs was a lot of fun to compete with at the 
games and at Rogue because the whole time backstage, she just is so goofy having a good time. So she's definitely one of my favorites, legend and current, who had fallen in both oh, categories. Awesome. You're, mm -hmm. What's changed for you, like if anything, since you know becoming a games athlete, becoming the 14th fittest on earth, um, has anything changed for you, like mindset-wise, uh, anything? Yeah, I'd say mindset is the biggest thing. I still struggle now, like, feeling like I belong when I go out there on the competition floor. But I think just knowing that, like, I made it there and this has always been my dream, I still wake up and I'm like, did I really go to the games? Did I really get invited to Rogue? Because this is just stuff I've watched on my TV for forever. So still just to be a part of it, I feel like the mindset of, like, Yes, I made it, and okay, let's try and make it again because, like, I can and I feel good, and nothing's changed. Yeah. Just changing from the mindset of like, I wish I could, to like, you made it. Be proud of yourself. Like, be proud to wear your games gear and all that yeah, stuff. Yeah, that's great. What um, what was your favorite event at the games? Mm -hmm. I really liked the speed clean ladder, the one where it was like you run and then you do a clean, you run, do a clean. Just because I didn't expect to be able to clean 230. So to clean that 230 at the end was just icing on the cake. Yeah, I think uh, I think our photo, the thumbnail photo for this episode is, is you after you clean that, maybe. I could be wrong. I love it. Um, oh, it was so fun. And there's, her name was Brooke. She was a fan. Um, she's in the Legends category at, at the Legends comp that just happened but i follow her on instagram she was like right in front of me the whole time and every time i would clean it she would just like throw her hands up and go crazy so just like the crowd element of that one was a lot of fun too. yeah that is sick you're looking like straight at them as you come closer and closer and closer to the finish line yeah exactly what was your least favorite event of the games least favorite was probably the swim that um I, I was a lifeguard growing up. I don't know if I mentioned that in high, in high school. All throughout high school, I was a lifeguard. So I really do enjoy swimming. I enjoy the water. But I felt like I was going to drown the entire time. Just the, like, there's so many people around you. And, like, if you look down in the water, you can't see anything. Your heart's already racing. You can't breathe. So just that whole swimming a mile was what I had practiced almost twice a week leading up to the games. But just the element, the environment of that mile was just terrifying for me as as somebody who is going to be a well hopefully a first time wadapalooza just intermediate but competitor tips for surviving a swim no matter how long or short it is because i've been going to the pool oh, and i know it's totally different because there's i can see the ground and i have things to reference but right. I'm a little that's, bit worried. I'm going to be like, rescue me. I'm done. I'm out. Oh my God. Well, that's the scariest part is if you practice in a pool, you have that line to tell you where to go, but in open water, you don't. I say the biggest thing is like, don't be afraid to doggy paddle. <laughs> and like, cause I legit did. And I back paddled a little bit, but it's just about like surviving the swim. It's just one event. Okay. If it's a bad event, it won't kill you. If it's a good event, that's just bonus points. But I honestly am the worst person to ask because I'm But you still survived. Wondering. That's all I'm curious. That's all I care about is just surviving. I, um, I started. Yeah. yeah. So like doggy paddle if you need to, backstroke if you need to. Practice the backstroke though, Alex, because I backstroked for a oh, minute at my last try, which was a half a mile swim. And my backstroke, I started sinking and I'm like, crap, I don't, I didn't practice it. This is all, this is not helping me at all. I was like, oh. <laughs> 
Yeah. I, that's my body starts to like dip down. And, and so only if I freestyle, can I keep my, yeah, you got to practice a backstroke. Okay. I have heard a coach told me, so like at Wadapalooza, obviously you're going to have to swim. When you breathe, Mm -hmm. you breathe the way that the waves are blowing into the shore, if that makes sense. So like if the shore is here, you want to like look towards the shore. Otherwise, if you look away, you'll always get a wave in your face. That makes sense. Okay. So yeah, we'll see if you remember the day up. (laughs) Yeah, I'm gonna store that away. You gotta write it on my hand. Reading on both sides. (laughs) There you go. Um, Exactly. See, I only breathe to one side though. Like I'm only comfortable breathing to one side. Well, I would. play with it. I'd look at the previous Wadapalooza events and see. I think. I think they typically okay. jump out and swim to the right and then circle back. I could be wrong. And so the wake would be your left. Okay. So you're going to want to breathe to your to your right. I, I think. Oh, to your right. Okay. I could be wrong. So I would cross-reference. Yeah. I normally breathe to my left, so I'd be screwed. Um, yeah, same. Uh, I also I have been closing my eyes in the pool lately to, like, pretend that I'm in open water. Um, oh. <laughs> it, it's very <laughs> complicated because then you're like, wait. Like scary. open my eyes when I breathe. It's weird, but it's worth a try. Yeah. Um, okay. No. Yeah. Definitely, yeah. that would be worth a try. Ariel, what's your- yeah. I'm gonna ask every guest until until the day of Wadapalooza just to siphon tips away. <laughs> yeah, from you're so. you're there you go. you're doing Wadapalooza right, Ariel. <laughs> yeah, I wasn't going to, but then people at my gym convinced me, so I'll be at Wadapalooza. How did like okay? So why awesome. weren't you gonna do it? And then how did they convince you? Yeah, so it was like, I wasn't going to do it because I feel like I do need an off-season. Like, going from the games to Rogue, I trained hard. And then I was like, okay, I want an off-season before the Open. But then I showed up one day, and my buddy Joel, who's one of my workout partners, was like, why aren't you going to Wadapalooza? And I, like, gave him my reasons. And he's like, what if I told you I could get rid of all those reasons? Would you go? And I was like, maybe. So then the next day, he was sweet, and my flight was booked, hotel was booked. And he's like, if you're in... This is all booked for you. And I was like, okay, I'll go. And then from there, we'll see what happens at Wadapalooza. Yeah. But basically, we're building a house right now. So, like, financially spending thousands of dollars to go to Miami to have fun on vacation is not ideal. Yeah. So, he was like, if I help you take care of all that, would you go? And, um, of course, I said yes. That's awesome. Like, that's a great, great friend mm-hmm. to have. And it just shows you, like, the community we go to is – like, of course, the people at Renewed Strength, like, helped me go to the gym because I don't have, like, a overflow of sponsors. So it's so sweet that they stepped out and were willing to help. Yeah, that is great. Um, what was your favorite event at Rogue? Favorite event at Rogue was the Skierg GHD Run Up a Hill. Skierg GHD Run Up a Hill. I think four rounds. Just because I, I think I got fifth in that event. And... There's no skill involved in that. You just move and you just grind through it. So it was just really fun to do so well and have yeah. fun with it. What was your least favorite? Least favorite was that stupid rope climb one. I wore the wrong, there's no excuse, but I wore the wrong shoes. So like every time I tried to hook my feet in, they just slipped. And so to hold that 20 pound ruck pack and try and climb the rope, it was just awful. And I wanted I, of course, I wanted to be in the top 10. So just to start off like second to last in that event and just try and climb my way up, just put a bummer yeah. on all the events. But Have you practiced uh, rough weighted rope climbing since then? 
Oh yeah. You already know it. <laughs> we practice it quite a few times. Not a ton because I don't feel a, just because it's not practical and we might only see yeah. it once, but I've got the technique down and what I need to do. Have you begun to have you ever done Wadapalooza? I have not, but I hear it's a blast. I mean it's fun to spectate, I know that much. Um I, I yeah. can't speak for the athletes, but they all seem to like it. They keep they keep going back. So uh right. is there what are your thoughts about Wadapalooza? Um what do you if I'm gonna be super honest, I really, really want to podium. Of course top ten would be awesome. Okay. But I'm just going to throw it out there. I would love to podium, which would just take being consistent and just giving it my all in every yeah. event. I mean, there's no reason why you can't. You're, yeah. yeah. So, And I think in the past, I've been afraid to like say stuff like that because I don't want to sound cocky or, but like now I'm coming to the point where I'm like, I need to own that. Like, okay, I made it to the games. I'm a good CrossFit athlete. I can say stuff like that and not feel stupid. So to say it out loud is like a mental win yeah. for me. <laughs> and now you're you're live on air with millions of people watching I know, right exactly. now. So I'm just kidding. I know. Um, <laughs> what is your training regimen uh, like leading up to Wadapalooza or just in general? Yeah, it's changed since the games. Since the games, I since have got a new coach, Matt Ruiz, and he's just helped me so much. So right now my training schedule looks like every day, 11 to 1, I'll be there Monday through Friday. So I'll do 11 to 12 is what he programs his like skill work or I'll do cardio interval work. And then I'll do the noon class, which is 12 to one. And then Monday, Wednesday, Friday, I'll go back in the evenings with my husband and just work on machines. So like last night we did super simple an EMOM 12 cows on every machine. So like you have one minute to do 12 cows on the assault bike, you move to the rower and you just do that for 30 minutes. Just like, Working on moving fast in short little spurts because I know I can hang on for 40 minutes. I don't necessarily feel as confident with like a three-minute sprint. Yeah. So just working on stuff like that and really just honing in on mental game and like I'm ready for it. I can do great because it always helps to believe in yeah. yourself. Do you, do you have a mental coach or anything? I know um, like Noah on our last show, he mentioned – He's got a coach, uh, like a mindset coach, I think. I, I'm not sure what the what they're called exactly. Do you have anything like that, or does your coach help you with that? I, my coach helps me with that. I don't have anything like that that I, like, hire or pay anyone. But I have, like, I read my Bible, which I feel like that's the best mental memorized verses. When I get scared or nervous, that helps me a lot. And then Matt is really good at just, like, encouraging, working on weakness. And then my husband is, like, the realist. So I have, like, the... The Bible, which is like the truth, live by it. I have Matt, which is like, I call him my hype man. He's like, you got this. You can do it. You're great. You can do it. You're amazing. And then my husband is like the realist who's like, okay, realistically, you can do this. Or if you don't hold this pace, you will get last in this event. Like, he gives, So I have like this three combination, which I feel like yeah. works really well in my favor. You know, I can empathize with your husband, but oftentimes people don't like that about me. Um, how, do you, <laughs> how do you do it? Like, is that just you're just used to it or is that something that you had to like um get, get over because I, I like being a realist i feel like it's the most honest True. person i could be um sometimes right. i'm like do i answer this question um do, so how do you is that something you've always been cool with man so i've known dylan for like 12 10 years now so i think it's just the like 
I know he's coming at it from a pace of love because we are like partners. We're on the same team. If he were to come at it and be like, you suck at this, you suck. He's coming at it from like a, a loving perspective. Yeah. And in the moment I might be bad, but it is truth when I step back and look uh, at it. I um. So just knowing like we're on the same team, it may hurt that he tells you this in the moment, but we're friends. <laughs> um. Well, he's lucky. I was, Um. we were on this, we were on this mission trip uh, like a month ago or so in Nicaragua. And it was a, it was a group of guys, group of girls. And I'm just such a, I'm, I'm so pragmatic. Like, um, and I try to be honest and a realist. And so a couple girls, um, there was a couple of guys and a couple of girls came up and they were like, Hey, do you like, do you think we should go up on the roof and start doing this, that, and the other? And I was thinking like strategically, um, no. Uh, and I, I said that I said, well, no, because neither of you know how to do that. And you've never done that before. So it'd be best if you go and do this other thing. And they both looked at me like I was the biggest asshole in the world. And, I, and then Jake was like, no, like, he just looked at me too. And I was like, I, I was like, I mean, what I meant was, like right and it was just this i had to backpedal i had to apologize later oh no um, and eventually they were all like no no no. you were making you made sense just the your delivery was horrible and i was like well, right um, right noted i guess i don't know That's but um but it's all from a place i was yeah i was trying to you know answer the question and, and do the right thing but uh it didn't always come out that way do you think so you know that's so funny the average get games athletes typically train three to six maybe some more hours per day do you think um two to three hours a day do you think that that's a handicap for you or do you think uh six to eight hours is overkill like what are your thoughts on that i kind of feel like it's my greatest strength because i was even talking was i talking to i just watched a video of how like Mal went with hard work pays off program. I think the buttery bros put out a video and they're training like all day, every day. And I, I was telling Dylan, I was like, even if I got invited to that, I have no desire to do that because I feel like my body couldn't handle it, nor should I push it to that level. I really believe in like when you're in the gym, I might only be there three hours, but I get so much done in three hours. It might be what they do in eight hours. I just, and I don't, I don't think I'm willing to sacrifice the time away. And of course, Blakely has to go with me. So if I'm there eight hours, what kid wants to sit in the gym for eight hours? Like two hours, I still feel guilty for, but any kid can sit there for two yeah. hours and color or watch a movie or whatever. But I really do feel like when I'm in the gym, I'm very intentional on making this 100% my effort. And then that's all I get for today. So if I have half butt it that I'm screwed because I didn't give it my effort so I really do feel like the like training less but at a greater intensity has helped me more than okay I'm doing eight hours but I'm only giving 50 percent to everything I'm doing are you really improving or just saying you're doing yeah. eight hours to do my it? thoughts around that is like um well some of the best in the world do that and so maybe there's something to it but yeah it's more or less like when you get to the games and you've got four days, um, 15 workouts, you know, like that type of training, if anything prepares you for that, right. like it doesn't prepare, like, cause you know, 
these small, like the open, easy to recover, quarterfinals, easy to recover, right. semifinals, obviously much harder, but the games is a different element. So I think, have you thought about like ramping up your, you know? Oh yeah. Like definitely when it came time for like, from a semifinals to games, training was different. And like my mother came into town from Abilene and helped me with Blakely and all that. But like, as far as like subs- sustaining this throughout the year, I don't think it's good injury wise and time wise to be up there eight hours. Cause you really only need that for one part of the season, yeah. not year round. Yeah. Yeah. I, I fall apart if I do more than like one and a half workouts a day anyway. Which funny story told anybody this, but leading up to the games from semifinals to the games, I trained alone like 90% of the time and like mentally I was defeated. Physically I was defeated. So I show up and do the swim event and my arm is like super itchy. And I'm like, oh, I must have got a disease from the lake. Turns out I got shingles from, I guess, the stress and everything. So I competed at the games with shingles and then had to recover from it after the games. But I thought it was from the lake, but turns out it was just like the stress of like mentally being worried that I'm, yeah. you know, just like all of this. Leaving. I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if it was the lake because a lot of people come out of that lake with different... Yeah. I wouldn't be surprised if it was a mixture of the two, but yeah, I don't, I don't want to drink that lake water um, at all. What, uh, what would you like to see at the games next year? And what I mean by that is like, not necessarily like another run clean workout, but they have such unique workouts some years. Like they had the battleground workout in 2019, I think Um, stuff like that. Is there anything like that that you'd love to see that is just so wacky? I think this is like getting away from it, but I'd love to see less of like this. I feel like this past year was like how much odd object heavy stuff could they lift? Like with that sandbag, cheese curd, don't carry. I'd love to see more like to the roots, like, okay, 50 air squats, run a mile, like stuff anybody could do in the gym, if that makes sense. I don't know. Hmm. Of course, I'd love to say back that's... um, (laughs) That's just the yeah. gymnast. In well, me. I mean, you know, Jason Kalipa was talking about uh, it'd be cool to see like mixed martial arts. Um, Noah yeah. was talking about like a pose off, you know, like a bodybuilding pose off. Uh, One thing that me and my husband talked about, which would be kind of cool, is if they had like two different, two different ropes. One rope is right here. The other rope is a little bit higher to the left, and you have to climb up the rope on the right transition to the one on the left and then climb up that one and that would be like one rep so just throwing in more like i don't want to say like american ninja warrior but like just like yeah. different stuff that we don't because we always see rope climb you know just like a different yeah way no i don't i'm not climb. opposed to that i think that's still pretty crossfitty so um it's mm-hmm. not something you would see in a, in a class wad nor should you but uh but for a crossfit right. competition i think that's a you know i mean you had the handstand push-up handstand walk push-up workout you know like unique things right, like that which is pretty neat um so uh what is your you're homeschooled right yeah up until high and school you, you were mm-hmm. um raised in a religious family were you allowed to watch uh smurfs um, yeah, I wouldn't say that was like my number one movie to watch. Okay. Though. I, Why you I've known that? some um, people that were raised 
uh, Christian, but I would say like more religious, and they weren't allowed to watch Smurfs. Yeah. They weren't allowed to watch like Harry Potter. Harry Potter. Yeah. Were you yep. Were you allowed okay. to watch Harry Potter? Yeah. We were more of a Lord of the Rings fan club than we were Harry Potter. So we'd choose Lord of the Rings every time. All right. Um, that's okay. Everybody has uh, faults. Mm-hmm. But um, <laughs> what, what's your favorite cartoon? Um, I really like Bob's Burgers. Have you ever seen Bob's yeah. Burgers? What about as a, what a, about as a kid? Um, probably SpongeBob. I really like SpongeBob growing up. Yeah, SpongeBob the legend. Um, if you weren't competing in mm-hmm. CrossFit, uh, what would you be doing career-wise? I mean, or, you know, obviously, uh, it could be a stay-at-home mom, but, like, if you were interested in career. I, hmm, that's a good question. I would either be working in an office somewhere with my MBA, or I would be teaching, like, gymnastics to kiddos, because I did that quite a bit growing up. I still do it a little bit on the side. But I really do enjoy working with kids more than I do adults, if that makes yeah. sense. Yeah. Have you ever coached mm-hmm. CrossFit? I have. I coached it in 2015, and it was not for me. I don't. I didn't like mixing my hobby with my work. So it's like I'd be at the gym. Last thing I want to do is stay at the gym and work out when I've been there for X amount of hours. So it just wasn't my favorite. Yeah. Okay. Have you thought about how long you'll compete? As long as the Lord wants me to and my body lets me. That's a great answer. That's the biggest thing because I, cause I, can't, I can't control what's going to happen. For sure. You know what I mean? But I'd love to compete. Sure. I'd love to make it to the game this year and just see what happens one year at a time. Yeah, absolutely. Are you a reader, Ariel? Yeah, I love to what read. What kind of books do you like to read? I love thriller fiction. Thriller mystery fiction. So like John Grissom? Is that like a thriller... I don't know many authors, but like I just read the author who wrote The Silent Patient before I go to sleep. Just like murderous thriller books, but author-wise, I'm not too familiar. You like with to them. read murderous books before you go to sleep? Does that affect your dreams at all? <laughs> no, I'm sorry. One of the really good books I just read was Before I Go to Sleep. That oh. was the title. <laughs> okay. I was like, that's an unusual <laughs> nightcap. Um. But no, that book was so good that I stayed up till like one o'clock in the morning finishing it. But like, I love a good book. What about you? Uh, I mean, I, so this, you know, I, I spent like the past 10 or so years, like heavily in the self-help development leadership uh, world. And so those okay. were like my go-tos for a long time. And they still are like, I love business books. Um, but I made like a resolution in 2021, um, with this year to read more fiction because growing up, I read like hundreds. I was a huge reader, super book nerd, um, which was weird. Cause I was like a skateboarder and a book nerd, but, um, right. So yeah. So this year I got back into fiction. Um, I've read, I've really enjoyed a lot of like F Scott Fitzgerald stuff. He's the great Gatsby. Okay. Great Gatsby writer. Um, yeah uh like some of the legends i just finished an ernest hemingway book um the old man to see so i've just i've been bouncing from business books which i love like jim collins good to great um you know Mm -hmm. stephen covey seven habits of highly effective people to uh uh, like some fictional stuff revisiting some harry potter stuff um 
like just yeah like trying to be less agenda oriented with my reading and I've, I've actually read like twice as many books this year as normal so that's awesome yeah. well a good one speaking of legends you should read forest gum the book i don't know if you've ever oh. read it it's actually really good and different from the i actually movie. didn't even know that was a book um so i'll have to check that out yeah it's a book and it's actually really good huh. i will i'll pick that up thank you for that recommendation do you recommend books to others like do you, do you have a a book that you typically recommend to other people? I do. Um, I always recommend The Silent Patient. It's just so good. Or I'd say more for a girl. I loved Redeeming Love was a really good book. But any book I read, usually my sister reads. Or if she reads a good book, she'll tell me what to read. Like so mini, we got a little reading. Mini book club. Um, Ariel, mm -hmm. if you could put anything on a big blank billboard overlooking like the busiest road in Midland, Texas, uh what would that what would the billboard say i would probably it's gonna sound super cliche but just be an encouraging bible verse okay which one just for people to look at that now i knew you were gonna say that what would i put on there of course i'd want to put on my favorite bible verse but it doesn't respond to everybody mine is the proverbs 21 31 the horse prepares for the day of battle but the victory rests with the lord but i wouldn't say that's for everyone yeah there's I would honestly probably put, I posted this on my Instagram a few, a few weeks ago. It's the verse that says like, well done, my good and faithful servant. But instead of servant, there's like CEO and it's crossed off entrepreneur. It's crossed off wife. It's crossed off. So like, well done, my good and faithful, not CEO, not wife, it's servant. So just reminding people, yeah, you can be great at your job. You can be great at this. You can be great at this. But we weren't called to do that. We were just called to serve and love others. So I'd probably put that up on a billboard just to help remind people what we're here for. That's really good. Uh, bouncing back and forth between serious and non-serious questions here. Uh, yeah. What's your go-to cheat meal? Uh, do you have cheat meals? Is that how you look at them? Or what's your go-to? Like I would. I wouldn't say like cheat meal because like I love food, but food doesn't do it for me. Mine would be like desserts. Okay. So like you could put a white cake with like layered that's layered with icing and I could probably just like eat the whole thing in one like, sitting. So like anything white cake is just like my cheat. Anything. All right. Um, <laughs> yeah. When you're cheat dessert. When you like, like birthday cake. Yeah. Like birthday cake, real basic white cake that's layered. We've got a, um, a place in Jacksonville beach called mini bar donuts. And they have these mini donuts that are made out of cake batter. Um, yeah, and they have birthday cake ones that's pretty much white. Like, it's basically like a white, it's a mini donut, but it's a white birthday cake with like icing. It's the freaking best. Um, That'd it's be incredible. If you ever come to Jacksonville Beach, you got to check them out. Uh, I don't know. I don't know why you would ever be here, but um, I actually get coffee there in the morning some days. And it's like, I just go to like test my will. You know, like to not get donuts. You're still powerful. Yeah, I don't know why I do that to myself. <laughs> that's I just like, that's it's a very funny. stoic approach to my mornings. I'm like, I am in control of my right. decisions. Right. Um, <laughs> and then you go back later at night. Yeah, yeah. I'm like, yeah, right before they close. It's like, weren't you, weren't you here already? Yeah, exactly. Um, okay, so <laughs> if, you, uh, if you had to guess, or I mean like, give me a measure and say how much of your success in CrossFit do you think is hard work and how much of do you think is genetics? What would you say? Ooh, 
And that applies to like everybody for, too. So go ahead. Yeah. I'd honestly say, no, when you say hard work, do you mean like hard work in the gym or hard work like with meal prepping with all that? Well, stuff? I, you know, obviously meal prepping is like a small piece of that pie. Um, but yeah. I would more, yeah, that would be included, but more or less like training and yeah, training and nutrition and sleeping, but then like your genetic component. What do you think? I'd say 60% genetic component, 40% hard work, if I had to guess. Because you can't, like genetically, I feel like people like Tia is built genetically, mentally different and physically different. And like I could train as hard as I want. But if you don't have that genetic, like turn it on in your brain, go to that dark place, it's not going to happen. Yeah. And I even think like, um, like uh, for me, I agree with you. I don't know if 60, 40 is the thing because I'm, I'm not a games athlete. But like physically, um, I look very fit. But like on the inside, my body is falling apart. And so like, and I'm not a very, like, I'm not irresponsible, but just some people are designed to endure these three, four, five, six hour training days. And, um, some people aren't. So I'm always curious what people's feedback is on that. Right. Uh, especially being that you are a games athlete. Um, we'll, we'll wrap right. this up, uh, Ariel. Oh, with, with, a lot of it, I don't know. It's hard to say. With one more, uh, uh, banger of a question. How do you want people to remember okay. you? What do you want people to say about you when you're long gone? When I'm long, okay, so not in the CrossFit world. That, you know. Uh, or in the CrossFit world. I mean, in the, I guess if I'm saying in the CrossFit world, I'd love for them to say that I was different from other athletes in the way that like I carried myself and presented myself and that I had this like hope and I wasn't so focused on the CrossFit. And I'd also slightly like to be remembered for the athlete who didn't follow like a specific programming. Like I just, I don't follow Mayhem. I don't follow Invictus. I don't follow this. I just follow what my coach Matt gives me. I do the noon class and that's enough for whatever I bring on the competition floor. More like the, going back to the roots of CrossFit, you do the class lot every day and maybe a little bit extra if you need some specific attention. So I'd love to be remembered for that and not like, oh, she got first, but she was rude to everybody. Or she was, a, you know, just a good person and someone who follows just like the heart of CrossFit. Okay. As far as when I'm long gone, I don't I don't think that far ahead. I can't even. A good wife and mom. There that's we go. all you can ask for. And that's a great goal to aspire right. to. Um, well, Ariel, hey, thanks for being on the show today. I really appreciate your time. It was fun learning more about you. And uh, really, really excited to see you at Wadapalooza. Yeah, thanks. Thanks for having me. Thanks for listening, all of you guys Absolutely. out there. See you later.